Well, here we are again, Tim. Um, it's great to be back, getting close to Christmas. Not far away, is it? It's coming up uh, very quickly. Now, I'm a bit concerned, though, about how many of our listeners are going to get coal or whether they're going to get something in their stockings that's a bit more friendly. Well, my children get, if they're not good, they get a rotten potato, I think is what the trendy sender sends these days, yeah. Really? So the coal's gone because it's not environmentally friendly? Not sure, yeah. Apparently it's rotten potato now. So the way they've been behaving, they're on track for one each. Maybe we should pose a question to our mining fraternity to see if they could answer that for us. Yeah, well, they could bring us some, sure. They could. They could actually really get to the bottom of it. Hey, uh, we'll be we'll be way late by the time this gets out. But speaking of the miners, happy birthday to Jeff for yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Jeff, to yeah. our uh, very very solid listener. Yeah, I'm sure they all got him a cake down down on the ground. Sure. I'm just I'm wondering. Hopefully, they did it at the top rather than down the bottom. Yeah. Once they got all the crap in the cake. <laughs> yeah, it might might not be so good. So. Yeah. But, but anyway, Tim, we do digress and we, we actually are here to talk about a little bit about real estate. Yeah, well, last week we had, well, two weeks ago we had two questions. We got one covered last week. We ran out of time, so we got another one this week. That's because you talk too much because I'm sure it wasn't me. Maybe. Well, this one <laughs> we could probably talk for forever on too. So what's the question, Mark? Do you want to read out the question or do you want me? Well, the question that we had posed was... The difference between an auction for a, somebody to purchase or even a, a vendor compared to a private sale, and in and further to that, why when you watch the news every every weekend, there's a big talk about um, auction close rates in Melbourne, and they don't mention here because there's less auctions. Wow, and I'll pull you up there, Mark. I think when you said private sale, you meant private treaty. So maybe I did we can mean cover that. Private treaty. I love that you've got me there, Tim. Mm, just I have just got remember you there. my memory is long. <laughs> That's fine. So maybe I think there was two parts to the question: how it's different from a buyer, what you do need to do, don't need to do. Maybe we can touch on from a vendor's perspective, and also a good question is why is there so many auctions in Melbourne and not in Ballarat? Absolutely. So maybe we start with the first bit, do you think? Yeah, so I suppose we talk about from the buyer's point first and we can then talk about what it really means for a vendor. Yeah, well, maybe if we go... So what is an auction, I suppose, maybe might be a good starting point. Most, so many things across the world are sold by auction, aren't they? Like it's, Yeah, they are. And, you know, the general term of an auction is basically open bidding until there is an end point where there's only one bidder left and then... The, property or that could be any type of property but in this case it's a house or a farm or something like that is actually achieved as sold sold uh, one thing with an auction mark i always um think it's quite interesting if you're the successful bidder i always think you're either smarter smarter than everyone else <laughs> or stupider <laughs> which one yes look it's a really interesting thing and you can extrapolate that further as a bidder too because whether or not the property has uh, reached reserve, you still have a right as the highest bidder. Yes, correct. I yeah. should know that, Tim, as I do actually um, auctioneer some properties from time to time. You did an auction the other week. We might we might come to that in a sec. So let's, yeah, give, we could talk all day, but give some basics. So auction is, you normally have, say, a three or four week campaign with a property where you'll often have it open throughout and then gets the day people turn up the auctioneer will normally often start with a 
call for a bid, someone starts, it goes up, as you said, until it gets to a point where no one else is prepared to pay anymore. And then if that's above the reserve that the owner has set for the property, the property is sold. Yeah, and, and you know that it's about to be sold because the auctioneer will generally give a fair warning, which is usually in the form of going once, going twice, going three times, and then it's usually fairly flamboyant Yes, for the sold. <laughs> yes, it normally is. All sorts of weird and wacky but and wonderful I think things. you touched on something fairly interesting there too, though, Tim, and that you use the word campaign. So there always probably is a campaign to sell a property or there to purchase a property, but it's really rigid in the form of an auction. You know exactly when the campaign will reach fruition. And that in that time as a buyer, I suppose the most important thing is to get yourself in a position that you can actually bid at that auction because there are rules to bidding as well. Yeah, so that's where I was heading to. So one of the biggest differences with an auction is they do that once, twice, three times sold, it is deemed an unconditional contract and 100% unconditional. So if you buy a property through private treaty, like a normal property in inverted commas, even if you're not subject to finance or anything, you still have a three, generally, a three business day cooling off period. That's right. With an auction, you don't. So once that hammer, so to speak, is knocked down, it's sold. So you need to have all your finances in order. You need to have done a pest inspection if you want to get those things done. There's, Absolutely. There's no... And and to stop somebody taking the property off the market just before or just after, that actually also extends to three days before and three days after an auction. Yeah, so that's probably one of the biggest differences, I suppose, as a buyer, isn't it? That you Absolutely. And, and when we mention that, that's three business days. So auctions are generally on a weekend. Yep. So realistically, that means three business days prior or three business days after. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, absolutely, because that can sometimes confuse people too. Um, so that's, that's one, one thing. So a property can sell prior to auction if it's due to go to auction like you've just touched on sometimes an owner might have an auction set scheduled for four weeks time and after two weeks they they get a really good offer from someone and and it may sell yeah and that's always an option that they can determine that look we've actually had a real lot of interest we don't think there's any benefit to go further Mm. so i suppose that's where as a buyer which we started on that if you are interested Mm. Just being quiet at this point in time and then have somebody selling the property because they either because they think it's not enough or there's too much interest. It's pretty important to let let your position be known that you would be interested to bid at that auction. Yes, because if you think I'll just say nothing and turn up on the day, if by chance it goes sells prior, the agent can't contact you because they don't know. Yeah, and the other important thing about that, we talked about conditions of an auction. So generally, if you're looking at the multitude of auctions, you would be thinking it's a 10% deposit. You've mentioned the unconditional part. There are circumstances of how that 10% deposit needs to be. And also exceptions, if you're in a position where you've spoken to the agent and the agent has permission, you might have a disposition where they'll accept a 5% or something different. And sometimes, like the one you talked about, one we just did a couple of weeks ago, they were very particular in the way that that 10% must be paid and that it couldn't be paid with a bond. It had to be of a personal or business check. So they actually can determine the type of payment that's required on the day as well. 
Yeah, so it's important, again, to register your interest and have all those things discussed. And if you do agree on, say, a 5% deposit from the, you know, the owner says that they agree through the agent, I would make sure you get something in writing. So Very, very important, so that you can be a registered bidder. Because, again, the auctioneer on the day, and, again, I should know this, Tim, can refuse any bid on the day. And one of the reasons that an auctioneer may refuse a bid is they feel that they're not entitled to bid. So if, you, if it's become aware to the auctioneer that they are not in a position to pay the deposit and it has not been an exemption, they will not accept that bid. Good point. The next thing is settlement. So again, normally before, you know, the agent will give what the owner would like. So it might be, look, they're happy between 60 and 90, but if you want 30 or you want 120 days, we'll speak to the agent. Most times, you know, there's a, something that can be worked out, but do it before the auction. Get something in writing so you know you can be with confidence. Yeah, absolutely don't wait till after the auction because you might be in a position where you have your uh, finance ready and you can't get it out. Well, you're going to have to do something about getting it out because the auction terms are absolute and you must adhere to them. Yeah. So from a buyer's perspective, it can be a little bit scary too, Mark, going to an auction, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. I don't think everybody is in their comfort zone when they're actually bidding. My suggestion to people is that they should try and get as much as they can in that comfort zone and, and have a plan prior mm. to turning up for an auction, that they have a limit that they're comfortable to go to, even if they have a strategy. I mean, as an auctioneer, you can be sometimes really scratching around at the start because nobody wants to start it because they've all got their, they've yes. all got their strategy. But in, in real terms, it doesn't really matter when it starts or how it starts. It's the end point that makes the most difference. But you need to be in a position that you know what's going to happen because it can happen very quickly. Or you can have someone bid on your behalf. Yes, you can. Too. Yeah, Absolutely be a little bit uncertain. Can. Or often even if you're working with an agent, you know, they can have someone that will stand there if you're uncomfortable to bid on your behalf. I sold a property once to someone and um, the buyer was on the other end of the phone to the agent because we'd had all those discussions. They couldn't be at the right in the right place at the right time, so we did it all by phone. Yeah, look, and it's really interesting too because the strategy can come down to some people will have a little pinky that's curling and they expect yes. you to see the auction. Yes. And there's other people that are flamboyant and they want everybody to know about that bid. But it, it's really relevant how, how people bid as long as it's a, a real bid. And I'm sure you can Google all the different things <laughs> about, you know, tactics and all those sorts of things. But one of the auction rules is that you can't intimidate other people, I believe. That's right. right. Yeah. And, and you... And to, in essence, the auctioneer has control of that auction. So if they see something that's not correct, they can actually pause the auction, stop the auction. Yeah. Um, they, can even, they can even go back to the start if they believe that there is some sort of dispute over the way the bidding's been held. So realistically, there are pretty strong rules of what you're supposed to do and, and ethics involved in the way that you should bid. One thing that is really good from a buyer's perspective in the auction situation, Mark, is you see full control of what's happening. You know, a lot of buyers worry about, you know, when there's multiple offers, is the agent making it up? Do they really exist? All those things. Well, you're there. You can you can see what, exactly what's yeah, going you, on. You, you can, and each auctioneer and each auction's different. Um, some people will like to tell you exactly where the bid is. That's my preference, so it's really clear. So it might be the man with the red shirt or yeah. something such as that. But at any stage, if you're at an auction and you're not sure that there's a legitimate bid, 
you are uh, you are able to ask the auctioneer for them to identify where the bid is. And the, the auctioneer must know where that bid is. Yeah. So I think that's a really general overview, and I don't think we need to probably go into too much more detail than that. But the next question, and this is an interesting question, Mark, is why is there so many auctions in Melbourne and not in Ballarat? I think part of it's historical reasons in in the respect, and you'll get people saying they're different type of people. I don't really subscribe to that. I think people are people. Mm-hmm. And at any auction, you might get a great variance of the, of the type of people that are there, whether they're introverted, extroverted. Uh, we talked about that a minute ago, about yes. different types of people. But I think that it's come to be the normal position of sale in cities, not just Melbourne. In if you looked at the same thing, Sydney compared to a regional town in New South Wales, you'd have the same situation. And I think it's more of expediency because there is a there's a denser population and the chance of getting more people there than you will in a, in a country. But there's not really any reason why there should not be as many auctions in regional cities as there is in um, capital cities. And particularly now, whilst the market is hot, there's, I can see very good reasons for running an auction in a regional city. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting um, too, Mark, like in Ballarat here, if an auction comes up, People often think it's either the bank selling it because generally everything that the bank sells will be by auction because it's an open, clear, transparent process. Or, you know, maybe it's a divorce or, you know, someone who really wants to sell, which is not right, but that's still the perception here. Yeah, and that comes, I think that comes back to that historical part where people know that if it's a bank foreclosure, they're going to auction the property because they have to actually show an attempt to get the best possible result which therefore is going back um, and therefore the, the debt of that particular person who had the mortgage in the first place is expunged in its most uh, possibility where people don't think like that in Melbourne. It's just an auction. It just yeah, happens. It's how, how That's the way we buy property. And I think there's a lot to do with that. But having said that, I think, you know, I, I remember, and you've been around in real estate a long time too, and you would have heard older real estate agents and they talk about the reasons why you might have an auction and they'll talk about if it's something very different and therefore it's hard to know what it's going to be worth. If it's something that has a lot of competition and you don't know where the competition stops. But a lot of it I think to do is with comfortability. People are comfortable in that's the way we have to buy homes in Melbourne is by auction and they're less comfortable and some people feel intimidated by bidding in an auction. The more that they're around, I think the less intimidated you'll feel. I think there's a responsibility on us as agents too, Mark. Like if I think about in this office and outside this office, I think when we go and speak to owners, I think a lot of the time we just sort of put auction to the side and maybe we don't explain it in you know, the full process. And it's a bit like we were chatting before about chicken or egg. It's a little bit like that, isn't it? Because no one does any, people think, oh, well, we don't want to do that. So, yeah, where in Melbourne, everyone does it. So they just go, well, that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. And and therefore, people get more comfortable about it. They might have been to two or three auctions prior. So by the time they get to the auction they want to bid at, they're fairly used to the process. Where if there's only a few like we have here, it's a whole new process and they've just not been doing that. But when you look at it where you could get a price rise of 
you know, a couple of hundred thousand sometimes for an auction property in, in a period of six minutes, clearly it's, it's, it has its reasons where it's very, very possible that it should actually be done more. Yeah, well, an example is the auction that you did, I think it's a few weeks ago, Mark, and oh, well, you, I, I didn't go to the auction, but you can tell me what the reserve was and where it ended up and how it got there, but well, I yeah. think it was a really good result. Yeah, well, the first, the first bid was at 500000 and sold for 670000 six minutes later. And there were actually three bidders there, and there were other, other, other that's interesting not, that's parties. That's not bad income per minute, is no, it? No, it's not yeah. bad at all, really. <laughs> um, I'm not going to declare where the, uh, where the uh, period was when it became on the market, but subject to say it was a very good result. Mm. And it was a very transparent process where you could really identify and see where the interest was in the area, except the funny thing was that the two major bidders were actually right behind one another, which was... which oh, was really? We've had got people everywhere and they happened to have sat... They happened to have stood barely the 1.5 metres that you're allowed to at the moment. Next, next to each other. So it was very yeah. important in that case, I, I thought, to actually identify the bidders by the, yeah. a, a differentiation of what they're wearing. And we did have one of the bidders who moved his finger about an inch. Okay, bidders. yeah. So, right. you know, and I think... I think that's um, something that, that I find really interesting is is the way that people behave yeah. in auctions and the way they bid. What, how would you bid, Mark? Would you be sort of the just the raise the finger or the big loud? I'm an extrovert and I have actually been in a position where I have bid for people before and I'm, I, I believe in making sure that people know that you're there and you're not going to go away. So I'm big hand up and... You might have noticed that I'm not a very quiet person, so and a loud call at any one time. But there's all different methodologies, which well, I, I find amazing. I bid at an auction once, and I sort of went with that. You know, I'm here, I'm loud, I'm <laughs> not over the top. I think I was at that auction. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I didn't buy it, and now I drive past that property and see how much it's worth now. But anyway, I, I didn't buy it. But, it was, you know, it was transparent. It probably sold for more than what that property would have if it didn't go to auction. But yeah, and I think that's the opportunity. If you get people at the time uh, who are really interested, the, the opportunity for a vendor is a great result. Um, there are reasons, though, that sometimes there are parties that can't bid at the auction for the things that we've stated. They haven't got their financing order. They mm. need a subject to... They're just not ready. And I think that's the... We talk about this all the time, about asking questions and, and asking your agent. I think... It's more than more important than anything else with an auction. Just be ready. I think maybe that's why there's not so many in Ballarat. We're just we're we're not organised as public and citizens. I don't know. We're just whatever reason. You, you, it comes in spurts. You'll see a bit of a while, and there'll be a few auctions. And you think, right? You know, as agents, I think they're good. We're gonna you know get auctions sort of going, and then it dies off a bit again. And they always obviously work. Not always, but generally work better in a rising market because absolutely, you know, yeah, no, and, I think, and I people think see true. good results and they yeah. go from there. But then, if it doesn't sell at auction, it it can sell after. So you can still sell before, during, or after an auction. But if you're thinking about it, just have a chat to your agent. And yeah, and one of the excuses I I come across for buyers is that on that be ready thing is that they go, well, I can't do a building inspection. Yeah. Well, you actually can. You can organise yeah. it with an agent, have it done, so yeah. you're in a position that you can actually bid at the auction and you've actually already got the answers and you know if there's going to be a lot of 
travel agents aren't going to stop you from doing your due diligence. A really good thing, Mark, I'm starting to get a few of my clients to do it where I can, whether you're selling at auction, not at auction, is to get a building and pest inspection done prior. Like as a vendor, go out, pay the few hundred dollars for it and provide it up front because one, it takes that condition out if you get an offer. Two, you can see if anything actually is really wrong that you need to draw attention to. And three, when people buyers come and say, oh, well, it needs this, you go, yeah, well, we knew that prior and we've adjusted the price accordingly. So, And, and I think there's less of the smoke and mirrors. We've got a material facts document now where they, there's a whole lot of questions that need to be answered. Be it's good, not, a, it's good, not really... Good topic for the coming weeks. Yeah, because that's mm. something that's fairly new too. Yeah. But interestingly enough, I've, the last properties that I've sold, I've actually done that and got a building inspection done prior. And the reason why was exactly what you said. I didn't really want somebody to say, oh, but there might be this wrong or there might be that wrong. If it's wrong, you're better off to be upfront about it. It's not a bad method. It works really well. Buyers really like it because they can make a better informed decision. Yeah. And, and it means that your subject to is a less fair contract. So it's yeah. less complicated to go um, to contract. And with things becoming more complicated with banks and things, if you've got one less thing to worry about, it's a pretty good thing. Well, I don't know if we exactly answered it, Mark, like normal. We went a bit <laughs> off on a tangent, but hopefully that covers some of the points. Yeah, and if somebody has got some things that they think that we missed out, we'd be only too happy to talk to talk about them. Just get your questions yeah. to us, because I think that's a really, really good thing. Um, but I, I'm like you, Tim. I just would like to see more auctions about, not just because I'm somebody who likes auctioneering it's more that i think it's a really fair and transparent way to actually sell property yeah and a lot of other things in the world are sold that way for that for that exact reason before we go mark shameless plug do you want to put it in well i I will look at harcourts here we don't often mention the brand but uh, as a company we are very very happy to be the major sponsors once again of ballarat's carols by candlelight which is um, COVID had a bit of a dint to it in the past, yes. but it's actually come back bigger than ever, Tim. It's going to be held at Mars Stadium and really interesting, a few really interesting facts as well, apart from the concert, uh, which is, has major artists that are there and head, headed up by Jason Wosley this time, who's a, uh, an Australian opera singer, so he's uh, exceptionally talented. But we've also got things like Springfest that wasn't able to be held. There'll be Springfest stalls there as well. Um, there's a tie-in with uh, with Western United, the soccer soccer club, and there'll be classes for the kiddies there. For that, there'll be a screening of the of the movie Elf prior. Oh, so okay. the, and there will be a whole heap of food stalls. So it's actually built bigger again. But as a company, we're just really happy to be involved. So that it's out there. It's a great time of year. Get the kids out there. There's a cap of ten thousand people. Um, purely because of COVID reasons, you do have to register. So don't be shy. Just go to Ballarat by carolsbycandlelight.org and you can actually get your tickets. Tickets selling fast. They always say that, don't they? Well, interestingly enough, at the launch, which which the tickets have gone, uh, become available, I'll say, rather on sale because they're free, um, only four days before. We were already at 40% then, so well over that now. So So it is a free event. It is a free event. Um, which is a which is a great thing, but you just need to reserve your place so that all the COVID things can be done. But beyond that, I think once you're there, you really won't notice that it's a COVID event, apart from those things that have taken place that the organisers have had to do. 
Sunday 19th. Sunday 19th December. It does say from... 7.30 to 10.30. But realistically, things are starting from 4.30 onwards. There'll be things for there. So you feel free to get to the, get to the uh, stadium early. Have a look at Springfest. Get yourself some food. Go and talk to the West United footballers. And there will, then that screening of ALF will be prior to that 7.30 Come as and well. talk to us, Harcourts. We'll Absolutely. We'll, be there. we'll have the big blue barbecue going. Oh, yeah. nice. We, we're, we're thinking of some other interesting things we can do with it this year, just apart from just the snags. Yeah. Oh, you could, I don't know, dress up and get a hula hoop or well, something like that. Well, I'm, I'm taking something. a bit of a back seat this time, Tim. I'm not singing this year. I thought that... Juggling? You, know, you could juggle no, or no, something? No, no, I just don't think so. Nothing? I, I probably look a bit like a clown, naturally, so I probably don't need to do that. That is exactly what I was thinking. Oh, you but you I, I think it'll be a, um, I think it'd be a really good event. Like, we've all sort of been... Desperate to get out and do stuff, and you know, Carol's always a good thing. Kids will love it. Come along, have some fun. It's a great community-minded mm. project, and I think think it really does kick off that break that I think more than ever people are looking forward to too, Tim. All right. Well, now we've got that shameless plug done, Mark. I think we've got it's the time plug. to. Um, well, so thank, thank our listeners. We actually found uh, that uh, an interesting fact prior to coming on that one of our staff members that actually listened to our podcast before actually applying to come to Harkins. Mm, before the interview, listen. I'll and tell you what, I was pretty impressed by that, Tim. Well, I was impressed that she's still okay. <laughs> yeah, and she's doing really well too, so yeah, that's really exactly. great. Yeah, we so... won't mention who it is, um, shall we? I don't think we will. Well, I was just going to say, if you ever have an interview here and you turn up and you listen to all the podcasts, you're a long way ahead. Well, it clearly worked. She got the job. Got the job. Yeah, so we, we hope that you're all listening to us and... And feel free to always ask us some questions too. We're always very happy with that. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. See thank you, soon. you, Tim. Uh, thank you to all our regulars, including the Mining Brigade down there once again. Shameless yeah. plug again, but thank you very much. Thanks. Especially seeing Jeff just had a birthday. Yes. We won't mention how many years, Tim. No, no, let's not do that. Let's, let's talk again soon prior to Christmas. We'll have one more, I think. Yep, done. Th- thanks. Bye. Thanks, Tim. Bye.